I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, I tell you the story of the hangul, the critically endangered state animal of Kashmir, and the surprising parallels it has to the political situation in Kashmir today. About hundred thousand years ago. Somewhere in the high mountain passes of Kazakhstan and Tajikistan, there was an evolutionary event in motion. Spread across millions of acres of land, long before the idea of nation states even existed, this creature started mutating and diverging from its ancestors. The evolution continued as the creature began to spread geographically, with three distinct subspecies emerging. One came to be known as the Bukhara deer, named after the city of Bukhara in Uzbekistan. The second came to be known as the Yarkand deer, named after the Yarkand River, which flows through present-day Xinjiang in China. The third came to be known as Hangul or the Kashmir stag. At the time of independence, they were found abundantly in the dense forests of Kashmir Valley and northern Chamba district in Himachal Pradesh. Today, with this population numbering about 200, the International Union for Conservation of Nature, or the IUCN, categorizes it. as critically endangered but the story of hangul is not just one of a conservation challenge but the fate of the state animal of kashmir is intertwined with that of the state itself my first encounter with the hangul was through a rather weathered and worn out poster on a street lamp the posters weren't even numerous in number unlike the ones we see plastered all over in cities the only other recognizable image is probably a 1982 stamp issued by the indian postal service it was probably issued after the success of the conservation program which started in the 1970s the program was started by the government of jammu and kashmir along with the support of iucn and the world wildlife fund which led to an increase in population by 100% the species prospered and their population reached close to 1000 by 1989 meanwhile in 2015 a young kashmiri artist malik sajad came out with a graphic novel munnu a boy from kashmir it is the story of a young boy in srinagar batamalu specifically the neighborhood that has been referred to as the gaza of kashmir and his family his schooling and his entry into the profession of journalism and cartooning but the book departs significantly from most other graphic novels you would see all the kashmiris in the book have been reimagined as hanguls it immediately reminded me of art spiegelman's masterpiece the graphic novel mouse it's the story of the holocaust in which jews are depicted as rats and the nazi germans as cats while art spiegelman chose to depict jews as rats because that's how the nazis portrayed them malik's motivation to choose seems to be different he's probably drawing a parallel between the fate of the kashmiris and the fate of the hangul the hangul is endemic to kashmir which means that they are surviving nowhere else and their disappearance from kashmir would effectively mean the extinction of the species how does one go from a population of 1989 to a mere 200 today there are a multitude of factors at play including one you probably did not see coming one of the most prominent ones is habitat loss 
Dachigam National Park is considered home to the last viable population of Hangul in the world. It covers an area of 141 square kilometers and is located on the foothills of the Zabarwan Range amongst the mighty Western Himalayas. But apart from these, the forests have been consistently shrinking and their habitats are getting fragmented. But how is their habitat getting fragmented? The answer lies in the political situation of Kashmir. At 8,000 feet above sea level, the Gurez Valley is home to the Himalayan brown bear and the snow leopard. The forests and the alpine pastures of Gurez had traditionally been the grazing grounds for sheep and goats owned by the Gujar Bakarwals, the shepherds on whom we did an episode a couple of weeks ago. Gurez also happens to be extremely close to the Pakistan border. With the advent of militancy in the valley, the army closed down the corridor which the Gujar Bakarwals used. In the absence of the alpine pastures, they took their large herds of livestock to the upper reaches of the Dachigam National Park during the summers, resulting in habitat loss for the Hanguls. The presence of the nomads means that the Hangul no longer migrates to these areas for feeding and they are forced to suboptimal foraging habitats. But habitat loss exposes them to yet another significant challenge, an increased encounter with predators. In winters, as Upper Dachigam is covered under snow, the Hangul movement is restricted to a few deciduous habitats of Lower Dachigam, where they encounter snow leopards. In the summer, the fawns or the young ones become victims to the Himalayan bear who is attracted to the lower Dachigam owing to the abundance of fruits. The corpses of the Hangul are also seen in Malik Sajad's book. Just in a different way, the events go back to the Gaukadal massacre of January 20, 1990, when Indian troops murdered unarmed protesters on a bridge, which through a series of events led to the massacre of Kashmiri pundits in the valley. What followed was Kashmiris living and losing people while living in the most militarized zone in the world. This led to the death of thousands whose corpses were dumped into rivers. The only difference being, the Hangul corpses did not have hooves, but human hands. In an eerie parallel, the Kashmiris and the Hangul faced the same challenges. Habitat loss, as they saw their homeland split between two nations, and predation at the hands of pro-Pakistan militants and the Indian troops. But there is one more thing that is common that both Kashmiris and Hangul are endemic. The Kashmiri culture is a unique blend of Islamic, Hindu and Buddhist influences found nowhere else in India. Much like the Hangul, a subspecies found only in Kashmir. And the fate of both hangs in balance. In a piece in the National Geographic, the great naturalist E.O. Wilson answers a pertinent question. What's lost when an animal goes extinct? He goes on to say that one way to think of a species be it of ape or of ant, is as an answer to a puzzle, how to live on planet Earth. A species' genome is a sort of a manual. When the species perishes, that manual is lost. We are in this sense plundering a library, the library of life. Instead of the Anthropocene, Wilson has dubbed the era we are entering the Eremozoic, the age of loneliness. And here too, the Kashmiri and the Hangul have a disturbing parallel. They are both living in the age of loneliness. As we travel, we must remember that with every animal that goes extinct, every culture that disappears, we are losing the manual of life. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. 
we are at IBM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memory on Twitter and YB Travel Forty Two on Instagram.